for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Probably the toughest things to do when it comes to investing in our success has to do with focusing and investing our time on one of the toughest pieces of real estate for any of us. I'm talking about that six inches between our ears, y'all. When it comes to self-improvement, our greatest ally and our greatest enemy can both simply be ourselves. Today, we keep it real and talk about ways to improve your success by investing your focus, time, and energy in the areas of attitude, confidence, mental strength, and work ethic. Those topics, along with our Elk Bro shout-outs, and Joe, Chav, and myself share the stories of one of our favorite elk hunts. So my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunt. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkGrows.com, with your host Gilbert Ornelas and elk hunting coach Joe Gillian. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And for those blue collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas coming to you live from Spring, Texas, and from New Mexico, your elk hunting coaches, Joe Gillia and Leroy Chav Chavez. What's up, fellas? Hey, Gilbert. What's up, buddy? You all right? Yep. Corona free? <laughs> Corona free. Yeah. I got a Dos Equis in here, but I don't have any Coronas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I got an email. Um, actually, it was a text. I got a text yesterday. Uh, one of our listeners was so excited for the show to come up because we were talking about on one of our shows that Chav <clears throat> was going to get his uh, PET scan done. 
And right. <laughs> we, we got listeners that are like, man, we want to know the results. So, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, for all you guys listening, man, we got some incredible news. <laughs> and, guys, we're sorry, but us as a crew, <laughs> we talked to each other so much that we actually Everything. have celebrated by the time we go to record and we forget to spread that wealth out uh, we put it on social media and everybody but uh, we never actually gave the news to our listeners so you guys chab had a pet scan a couple weeks ago which shows the location of any cancer still on his body and i want you to know the first time he had this pet scan back um on halloween october 31st chab's body was lit up i mean uh his chest his hips his spine. Um, I mean, his body was just covered. I mean, it was, um, it was probably, you know, for him, I don't know how much he remembers that day. He was a little bit uh, drugged up at the time. There's part of a lot of that he doesn't remember, but you know, when we saw that news, um, it literally, it was God help us, man. We just did not, uh, it was pretty dark. It was a dark, dark day, some dark times there, but Chav, You've got the results, so let everybody know how your test came out, man. Well, it, uh, it couldn't have come out any better. You know, I got a double thumbs up. I'm completely cancer-free. Yeah. So, uh, Praise Jesus. Yeah, and I don't have the impingement anymore in my backbone, so I'm able to do a, a lot of stuff. So I'm working towards uh, walking again, as you know. And uh, uh, I had a CAT scan yesterday was it yesterday yesterday or, yeah yeah yesterday uh-huh. and i'll have an operation on my bladder uh july 10th it would have been earlier except that they're not doing any type of uh, covid operation. got in the way yeah 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 the covid got in the way yeah so that'll help me with with my other situation with with uh the bowel movements and stuff so and you know it's funny because when chad went to go get his uh scan he got the scan on a Monday. You don't get the results till a Thursday. Um, we had all recorded on a Wednesday. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and um, everybody was like, you know, all of us were talking uh, before we actually recorded. And, you know, we were like, Chad, man, you know, we were like on pins and needles. I was holding my breath. And all the guys were like, Chav. And Chav said, he said, I tell you what, as soon as I know the results, I'm going to I'm gonna text every one of y'all. And, and yeah. my sister-in-law, she was like, Joe, do you know that he texted his elk bros before he told me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, you know, when we got that text, um, the first thing I did was I yelled down to Loretta and I said, you know, and she come up here and, and, and I said, he's, he's clean, man. He's clean. And I mean, I was, I was freaking bawling, you know, tears rolling down, man, because I was holding my breath. I, you know, I can't even imagine how much Chav you were holding your breath, but I know you've been, uh, I mean, you Chav's good at being cautiously optimistic, but there's a part of you still, man, that's just called faith. That's, yeah, man, you just tensed up. And when we got that, I mean, it was like, whoo! <laughs> yeah, big relief. Oh, big relief. huge yeah. relief. And then start focusing on on the next step, man. And uh, and I tell you what, y'all. Um, and and a lot of people go, well, he's good at cancer. He's good to go. He's ready to go. And and 
what uh, I, I don't know if all of you know, but like you said, he had an impingement on his <clears> spine. <throat> he basically uh, was paralyzed from the waist down. And uh, uh, there was a point where we were afraid he might have totally lost that um, and it got it back. But when they hit him with the radi- radiation, there were about, I don't know, it was like three, four days later, we noticed that he got a little bit of feeling back. He had some nerves kind of jumping in the feet. And from being able to move his big toe to, <clears throat> man, you ought to see him working out now. And still the the walking, right, bro? Um, how's that coming right now? Yeah, it's it's coming along uh, slowly, but but surely. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it's just balance and, and getting more feel to the legs. But it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. You know. And, and you've been working out what now? How many times a day? Well, two to three times a day. Yeah. Uh, upper body every day and then the walking part two or three times a day, depending on um, how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. Right. And how was today for you? Was it a plus it was going day? Well. Good. It was a plus day. Yeah. So um, you guys listening out there, man, he's, he's killing it. And so we let everybody know um, we can all celebrate that. We know he's still, he knows he still has a lot of work ahead of him. But one thing uh, that I'm so proud of Chab, man, is, is Chab understands the grind, man. And, and when you have a distance runner's mentality, you understand what it is to put in mile after mile after mile. And the ultimate grind. You know, it, it's, it amazes me. And, and, and this is why, you know, it's going to fit right in with tonight's topic, man. It's going to fit in with that six inches between our ears when we get down there and start talking about it. Because think about that. A guy that in one single workout, you would run a marathon a day every now and then, Chad, right? Uh, weekends. Weekends. <laughs> During the weekend. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd go about 15 a day. And then on Sunday, we'd run a 19-miler. And that was pretty much a workout in college so yeah two, over 100 balls a week easy and and i can remember wasn't too long ago um you know just looking from one end of those that seven foot from one end of those parallel bars to the other end seemed like that 19 miles so you yeah. know it's uh it's all about that six inches between the ears man and keeping it going so good news, Gilbert. We got good news, man. That is fantastic news. And uh, we, you know, like I said, we give all the glory to God and we know Absolutely. Chad's been working. We appreciate all our listeners, mm-hmm. our prayers and well wishes. Uh, y'all keep, keep Chav in your prayers. He's, he's working really hard to get back with us here. And uh, we look forward to great things and, and, uh, and him to be victorious through this whole thing. I mean, absolutely. From man. the first diagnosis we got to where we are today is like diet, you know, daylight and dark difference. So uh, we just know it was, it was, you know, you can't ever underestimate the power of God. I promise you. So, no, sir, uh, it's uh, fantastic, and God bless you, Chab. And we're glad Thank to you. see you on the road to recovery, brother. Yep. Thank you. Well, guys, y'all know what time it is. Yes, sir. It's time shout for our Help Bro Shoutouts. Shout if you're new to our show, shout these are just shoutouts to a few <laughs> cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week. Yep. And, oh, uh, I'm going to show this photo. i got to show it off. Gilbert, I think I sent this to you today. Uh, uh-huh. We're, we're, we're going to put this up there. Check out Sh- little man. Look, look at this, man. <laughs> that That's so uh, cool, Hunter dude. Snort. 
then oh. and you guys remember we had uh, we talked about Hunter a, a couple of episodes together, uh, yeah. three year old bugling out there and and, yeah. and and that hat that Elk Bros hat that he is styling the Elk Bros swag right there was sent to him from none other than, than one Gilbert Ornelas and yeah man it, we put it in the we put it in the in the uh, in the mail for him and he's out there wearing the swag we appreciate it brother <laughs> uh, and. Uh, holler at us if you need another one we'll make we'll take care of you buddy yeah i I tell you man i worry about that young boy man i mean he gets in his dad's truck and he he wants to listen to elk bros i mean (laughs) should shouldn't (laughs) he be like watching uh who's that purple dragon man all the kids (laughs) barney 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 or sesame street Uh he's like elk bros (laughs) exactly yeah way cool man sorry so to our cities man our shout outs First up, located 18 miles west and northwest of Bakersfield in the southern area of California's San Joaquin Valley, our top listener city began as a loading dock along the Santa Fe Railroad right-of-way. The first truly successful human-powered airplane, the Gossamer Condor, won the Kremer Prize, and the Kremer Prize was put out there for somebody to be able to achieve a certain goal with a man-powered airplane. And on August 23rd, 1977, at Shafter Minter Field, located in this town, Brian Allen, and get this, Brian Allen was a championship cyclist, piloted and pedal-powered the airplane along the one-mile figure-eight course with two 10-foot-high obstacles to claim the competition's prize, man. And let me tell you what, y'all, that prize wasn't no uh, wooden nickel. $61,000 in 1977. Wow, that's a lot of money. That was some yeah. bucks back then, man. A lot of money yeah, today. <laughs> and that Gossamer Condor had a wingspan of 96 feet. <clears throat> and I think it only, yeah, 96 feet. It was pedal-powered and weighed only 70 pounds. Right, and this happened in Shafter, California. Shafter, California. What part of California is Shafter in, Joe? Well, it's right there near Bakersfield, man. Oh, okay. So it's just in the southern part. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's only eighteen miles from Bakersfield, so yeah, it's uh, it's got that Bakersfield vibe out there, and a little bit small. I've probably been through it if I because I've been to Bakersfield many times working in oil field covering some. Vacation right. relief and stuff back in my younger days, in the <laughs> early to mid nineties. Won't say how old. <laughs> younger days. Yes, younger right. days. All right. Okay. Up, up next, first known as Gilman's Point, the origins of the city go way back to 1779, when the land was gifted to soldiers for their service during the French and Indian War. This Louisville neighborhood and home rule-class city. Is that right? Rule-class city? It's a rule-class city, yeah. (laughs) Is home to the fifth largest mall in Kentucky. And actor Ned Beatty, who got his first break acting in the hit film Deliverance, with Burt Reynolds, was born in St. Matthews, Kentucky, and grew up fishing and working on farms. He started as a professional performer at age 10, when he earned pocket money singing in gospel quartets and a barbershop. 
Uh, big shout out to St. Matthews, Kentucky. Kentucky in the house, man. The bluegrass state in the house, fellas. Yes, sir. And uh, they supposed Baby. to be building an ed- They're supposed to be building a big elk herd out there in Kentucky too. They yeah. got one out there, man. But you know, it's it's not all peaches and cream hunting them fellas out there, man. I hear I tell it's you. tough because it's yeah, all farmland and stuff like that, and puzzles. It's, it's a jungle. It's thick and mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's different. It's hot. It's it's yep. humid. You know, it's uh, it's just a different deal. But they got some got some nice elk and you know it's some good country for them to hide in you know and uh ned Beatty, i don't know if you guys burt reynolds ned Beatty, ben. the deliverance man Love oh my that god man. yeah crazy that's a classic absolutely yeah there's there's a lot of unleashed that can go on there <laughs> next up guys funny how things can go full circle Our next top listening city became an agricultural mecca in the early 1900s, primarily shipping pears, apples, peaches grown in the valley. But after the orchard boom went bust, the city transformed into a military town during World War II. But it was left over 240 acres of pear orchards that survived the bust and that has most likely affected your pocketbook a time or two. How is that, you ask? Because in 1910, it was Samuel Rosenberg that bought that 240 acres and began a family business that in 1914 was taken over by his two sons. Yep, y'all, our our next listener city is the birthplace of everyone's favorite fruit basket named for Samuel's sons, Harry and David, in Medford, Oregon. Harry and David, man. Harry and David. <laughs> the fruit basket kings, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, and all of that stuff comes straight from there, all those pears and everything in Medford, yep. Oregon. Medford, Oregon. Wow, that's crazy, man. And, and that's what's so funny is, is all of that area, that it, it was like just giant fruit uh, distribution there and goes bust. And, you know, timber started to come back and some of that. And these guys bought that acreage and made it what it is today. Pretty cool, man. Oregon, mm-hmm. you guys are always shaking our tree. Love having you, man. Up next, our next top listeners location is a town located in northern Wake County, North Carolina. It's part of the Triangle Metro area, which includes Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill. It was literally born as a college town in 1834 with, get this, 72 students, all young men and boys at the time that attended that first year. An interesting fact is that when the Civil War began in 1862, the students and at least one faculty member left to enlist, y'all, so the college actually had to close down because everybody went to war. Man, I mean, there was nobody home for uh, close to about three years. And what's even more interesting is that the college that gave the town its name isn't even there anymore. In 1956, this college pulled up stakes and moved from its birthplace over 100 miles to its current location in Winston-Salem. A big, huge Elk Grove shout-out to our listeners in Wake Forest, North Carolina. The Tar Heel State represent. Yes, sir. And I, awesome. I tell you what, if you had asked me what college Wake Forest, you know, what town Wake Forest was in, I'd tell you it's in Wake Forest, right? 
<laughs> Who's buried in Grant's tomb? Well, y'all, it's there's possibility it ain't Grant no more. He might have pulled up and moved. Big possibility. <laughs> okay, for our last shout out tonight, starting out as a small fort on the western frontier, this city is one of the most ethnically and culturally diverse cities in Colorado and in the West. It became known as the melting pot of the West. At one point, more than 40 languages were spoken in the steel mill, and more than two dozen foreign language newspapers were published there. It is the home of the Colorado State Fair and has as many as four living Medal of Honor recipients reside, reside there. If you like sun, chili, music, and rivers, you'll definitely love it here in Pueblo, Colorado. Pueblo! All right, Pueblo, listen. Colorado. Max Layton, Clint Whiting, uh, Brian Zakovec, and Eddie Chick. Here's your shout-out, fellas, over there, man. <laughs> Those guys, we have some diehard uh, grinders over in, in Pueblo, Colorado. And, and uh, you know, they're like, man, we listen to you guys all the time. We never make it up on the shout-outs, man. So, uh uh, like Joe I said, you up, boys. yeah, we hook you up. You just let us know. And, and like we've told everybody, if you live in that small town, you don't get a shout out, send us what you like about the town and we'll, we'll put it up. And, uh, Chav and I, and, and our families go to Pueblo as much as we go to Santa Fe or Albuquerque. A lot of times it's, uh, it's only about two hour and 15 minutes right here from the house. Santa Fe's uh, a little over two hours and Albuquerque's a little over three hours for us. So, Go to Pueblo a lot. A lot of cool things happening in Pueblo. A uh, real interesting place there. And um, that steel mill really was a cultural center. Can you imagine being in a city that has a newspaper, uh, two dozen foreign language newspapers? Man, that's. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That, pretty, that tells you something. Incredible. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, Joe, kick us off here with our. Areas to invest our focus, time, energy, and money, brother. Yes, sir, because we've already done the first two in the series. This, uh, I think we're going to close it out tonight, um, depending on how deep we get into this. But I, I really, and I don't know if we held the best for last or not, but, you know, I say that so much of what we accomplish is what we believe we can accomplish. And it's what we work for to accomplish. It's how we go at the things that we want to accomplish. And so we're going to talk about that. And I, I want the three of us to really talk about these areas and in the different ways that people can. And, and this isn't really going to cost you any money. Yeah, you can go to self-help places, man. Um, but there's so many things that you can go to and so many people that you can listen to. And, and really, I think a lot of these things is really just noticing, having a whole different awareness. So um, when we talk about investing your focus, time, and energy, and money to become a more successful hunter, the first thing that we're going to talk about tonight is something that is not talked about a lot because it's a real tough thing to market. Uh, unless you're a motivational speaker and you're marketing that by motivating people, it, it's tough. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't create a device that's going to give you automatic mental strength. It don't happen that way, man. I mean, mm -hmm. I could tell people to roll up some aluminum, keep it on their head for a few days. Maybe that'll help out, but, you know, focus <laughs> that energy. But, sure. uh, 
but let's talk about it. Let's talk about mental strength. And, and, you know, all of us, the three of us are coaches here. So um, we have different ways that we try to get people to change their focus or to use their energy to work on their, on their mental strength. And what, what I want to talk to people about is this. And, and, and I truly believe this. I think it's just like when we tell people that, when you're out in an actual situation and things go wrong, you're only going to be able to fall back on your training, right? And and what you really, your focus and your energy, guys, is is now throughout your day. You, you need to really focus on training your mental endurance. And, man, how many times do us, you know, sometimes somebody's telling us something and it's not really in our wheelhouse that we want to hear it sometime and we just shut down right uh or things get tough right and mm-hmm. instead of facing that this moment we just shut down you know our, mm-hmm. our that's that mental endurance man how many times a day do you shut down with mental challenges and i, I think what i'm telling you is is you need to pick a day just like you you go out and you lift those weights whether it's monday wednesday friday and you need to be totally aware of your day and focus on those challenges that come at you. And Chab's a great example of this with what he's been going through physically. I can tell you this, Gilbert Ornelas is a great example of this, what he's been going through just in his own life when it comes to job, when it comes to all the things that are happening in business this right now. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are going to have to make a choice. Either they buck up, Either they get focused, uh, they get positive, they keep moving ahead, or they shut down. And those people that are shutting down are finding themselves getting in a deep, dark hole, right? So what I'm telling you is, is we all need time when we need veg time, right? (laughs) Right. But what I'm telling you is, uh, just like you lift, I don't care if it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I don't care if it's Tuesday, Thursday, but you tell yourself on those particular days, when I have mental challenges, things that I have to focus on, that I've got to give my attention to, you know, when an obstacle, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, in your relationship, in outside environments, right, wherever it is, you know, when that obstacle comes up, what do you do? How do you handle it? Do you shut down or do you use this capacity that we have to overcome that. And I tell you, guys, there is nothing out there that you're not able to overcome. Now, you might not be able to beat it. You might not be able to change some things because it is what it is. Right. But you can still use that mental endurance to get around it, to get over it. You know, I I work in computer fields. And I think a lot of times that I work almost like a doctor does. Because when we find out that something at point A doesn't work, then what we do is we don't just keep banging our head at point A. We find something called a workaround. Right? And uh, this morning, and I, I, you and I talked about this Gilbert chat. I haven't been able to tell you yet. But I, I go to my mom's house this morning at 10 o'clock. My mom is 80 years old, and she's had some issues this this last week. And when I get there and I bang on the door, her front door is open, but it's a well, practical steel 
you know, doggone screen door. She can't come to the door. And buddy, I mean, I hear my mom in there and I can tell something is wrong. And she's saying, I I can't get up. I can't get up. And I hear her in there. And uh, the woman had been on the floor since 10 o'clock last night, fell down. But uh, here I am with a closed door. You know what? My anger in me, the frustration in me, almost put my fist right through her window. And then my mind went, you know what? Let me assess this thing for a second. And I looked at that screen door, and as soon as I really looked at it, I realized that the hinges were on the outside. And I didn't have any tools, so I went and found an aluminum pipe. I popped the pin from the top. I used the edge of that pipe, chink, 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 got all four of those hinges out, opened that screen door, and I had access. So I, it, I think the only reason I tell you that is it's, it's what I'm talking to you about, finding an obstacle and overcoming it, you know. Chab's doing this every day. Gilbert, you're doing this every day. You guys listening to us do this almost every day. And what I'm telling you is, is start realizing it. Start focusing it as well. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in a situation where we've never been before with pandemic going on, Joe, and stuff like that. And it's real easy for the, the devil to whisper to you, you know, you can't withstand the storm. Right. And I got news for you. Warriors will tell you, I am the storm. So at the end of the day, you know, you just can't let that kind of stuff affect you. We're going to be okay. I've always been told and brought up that if it ain't life or death, it ain't no problem. Right. Uh, You know, if it's money, not a problem. There's you're going to go to work, make some more tomorrow, figure out something. Uh, You know, if it doesn't, if you don't sweat the small stuff. Well, let me tell you, these things that we're dealing with today ain't small stuff. Right. It can grind on you. But again, I don't listen to all that stuff that creeps in. Again, you know, I'm a warrior. You can either be a warrior or a warrior. I want to be a warrior, you know, and uh, I tell my kids that all the time. You pitch for me, you got a tall thing to do. It's hard. It ain't easy. I demand a lot from you. You want the ball? You want to get in that circle? That's fine. I'm going to, but understand much is given, much is required. And you get the ball. Don't be a, a worrier. You know, I won't come get the ball if you're a warrior. I promise you. I've never come got the ball from a kid that was doing her job. But, you know, a kid that's not doing her job, that's not, you know, taking care of business, well, guess what? Come over there and be a warrior on the bench and cheer your teammates on. Let me get somebody out here that can, right? Um, it is all part of our training, whether it be from what we're talking about being coaches in the athletic world, or to what we're doing in the hunting world. Exactly. So many hunters go through adversity, even in our elk camp, right? Uh-huh. Over the years, guys just, they shut down mentally because it gets the grind it gets on them. It's a serious thing. And Joe, you've done it with me. I've done it with several of our guys. We just come to them and look, man, this is not life or death. We are going to get through this. No matter what the obstacle is, we're going to overcome it. Joe has a saying, where there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. That a thousand fold. We have to invest into understanding that God has given us the tools to master all of the universe. We just got to tap into it and believe it. You know, uh, I, I, I truly feel like that in any situation given, it may be disturbing. It may be unsurmountable, right? But 
I seen Daniel slay, slay Goliath, you know? So at the end of the day, uh, we can get it done, Joe. Chav, how do you, how do you work on your mental strength, man? I mean, you've had to have done something to just survive what you've survived right now. Well, you know, I look at, at things, like I said, uh, the glass half full. I know there's people that have it uh, worse off than I do. And, you know, I've set goals for myself. And uh, there's, uh, you have your up days, you have your down days, but, you know, you got to go through it. It's like when we told our kids, uh, everybody will look good when you're feeling good. But right. it's those days that you're feeling terrible and you just don't want to go to practice. That's when you got to push through it. And that's what makes a champion. And that's what's going to help me achieve my goal. You know, and I know it's not 100% sure it's going to happen. But if it doesn't happen this year, well, it's going to happen next year. You know, and I, I got that that uh, frame of mind that just keep working through it. You know, and that, you know, when you work through stuff like that, then it just adds to your confidence. And uh, I don't like to waste the days. I'm not sure what what's that old saying uh, about wasting Don't count days. the days, make the days yeah, count. Yeah, don't count the days, make the days count. Days count. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. And that's kind of like my mantra there. And and we're and we're going to talk about mantras in a minute. But uh, that's exactly what um, I want you guys, our listeners, to do is to actually take that day down to the hours and take that hours down to the minutes. The minutes. You know, where you know uh, don't don't count the hours. Make the hours count. You know, uh, and and. That's why I'm telling you, though, is really do a little focus exercise on that. Set your day up. Start with one day. Start with it and see how well you do with it. Tell yourself, Tuesday is my mental endurance day, man. Anything that comes my way, uh, I'm not going to shut down on it. I'm going to find a way. If I'm going to find a workaround, uh, I might not be able to fix it right there at that point in time, but it's going to have my attention or I can find somebody to help me with it, or I can find some type of resolution to this issue. I'm not just going to bail on it. Right. So, uh, you know, I, and I, I promise you, I understand that sometimes it's good to sleep on things. And, and that usually has to do with our emotion. And that's one thing as well in mental endurance is, is there's a difference between thinking of something logically and thinking of something emotionally and what i'm telling you is to go to the logic side because when i had that door locked in front of me emotionally i was getting ready to put my fist through a window logically i stopped and looked at the problem and realized that there was a solution if i just looked at a little bit and there are tools out there to be able to do that it doesn't have to be a hammer or screwdriver i can find away and and you're going to have that same issue when you get out there and it's going to be day five it's going to be day six and i mean you're you're worn on and but again in elk hunting it takes five minutes for things to change you can (laughs) chav and i have hunted for five straight days and let me tell you what we put some mileage on y'all i mean and and we don't put mileage on just to put mileage on. We're putting mileage on hunting hard, in and out, you know, the way we hunt. And we were leaving the hunt, and we said we're going to give it one last shot. And 
just with that persistence and that perseverance, we, oh, shout out to you, Rev. Rev, uh, uh, one of the guys I, 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 I was checking out on IG today was talking about persistence and perseverance where one is a, a physical and one is a mental, you know, where we're persistent in our actions and we persevere in our attitude. And, and it, it was a great thing to see because it, it went right into our message today. So shout out to you, Rev, on that. And and that's that's the thing that I'm trying to tell you guys is on on those days that you have things come up, back off of it if you have to sleep on it most of the time it's because we get overly emotional in it so your mental yeah, tell, endurance what's yeah, that? i tell all my players don't make decisions on an emotion right right don't make big decisions while we're emotional take the time to to get away from being emotional and be a little bit more logical take the time to do that right uh i you know joe i can't you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but people know that I'm a spiritual guy. I spend a lot of time prayer and I spend a lot of time reading the Bible. And those things help me tremendously to have mental fortitude and strength, right. uh, faith, right? Faith that I know that I'm, there's a bigger power than me out there to help me with my problems. And when I, when I give that stuff away, I don't have to worry about it anymore. So those are the things that really help me. And I try to help my kids with that. You know, we involve that in our family life. Uh, I pray for my kids. Uh, we have, we say grace at the table. Uh, I pray for them. I pray for my wife out loud in front of them. Sure. You know? So I want to yeah. give them that comfort of knowing that, Hey, no, no matter what the mental struggles that are going to be with uh, about us every day, they have somebody or something to go back to and give that stress or that worry to. So it really helps me to be able to go through what I've been going through in the past few weeks, months, right? Sure. But at the end of the day, um, I want to impart that with our listeners too. Uh, I'm not telling you, uh, you have to be religious. I'm just telling you that when you have a spiritual walk of your own, it helps you tremendously to be much more mentally prepared for you know, what the big bad wolf at your door is about, you know, yep. uh, and in, in our hunting realm, man, I, I'm telling you, I don't know if God cares one bit if I kill an elk or not, but I'm going to ask him, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to ask him to help me with the problems that are involved in that. Uh, I've been, I have been many times in situations on a mountain or in a bad uh, bad rainstorm or hail lightning. I've been on my knees praying. Guys that can give up, they, they can give up in the middle of something. I, and I've seen, I've have seen guys, you know, my cousin this year hunted with me and he shot a hog and he, he shot him back. And, you know, it just about ruined his whole trip. We didn't find the hog and, I mean, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do is to wound an animal, but if you bow hunt long enough, that stuff's going to happen to you. Sure. You know, man, it, you can either let that wreck your whole hunt or you can get back on the horse, you know? And I told him, I said, Hey man, when's the last time you were bucked off a horse? I mean, we grew up riding horses and he's like, man, I've been bucked off a horse a hundred times. Right. Oh, dang, you're still riding them today, aren't you? Yeah. As, as, as long as we eat, crap's going to happen, man. I mean, it, and it's not always going to go our way. And, you know, Chap told me a long time ago, and we used to tell the kids, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you deal with it. 100%. So, 
you know, uh, that doesn't mean that you don't care. It's that you deal, you understand, you cope, you work. So, and then you work to for it to not happen a second time, right? And and I think that feeds right into our second part of this, and and that is attitude. And there's a lot of things that we could talk about, and and we, you know, we've we've heard people say, well, that kid's got an attitude. You know, attitude can be a positive thing. It can be a negative. An attitude's an attitude, and there's some people that uh, that have a negative attitude. People have a positive attitude. And what I'm telling you is is that you need to work on. Here's here's your lesson, your focus, and your time and energy for this. Is I want you to develop what Chab said earlier. Your mantra, that thing that that helps you to understand and to have along with your faith, like Gilbert has said, that you can do it, something that you can believe in, something that you can live and something that you can share. And Chab had one there. And and I've, you know, uh, like Gilbert said, I'll say it a thousand million times. My daughters will say it, you know, because the one gift that I got from my father before he died as a young boy was there was not a day that that man did not tell me where there's a will, there's a way. And and that's my mantra, man. I mean, I, I, I truly believe that is that as long as <laughs> my, my wife, anytime I give up on something that I just really want to like veg out on and not deal with, you know, I, I get that one sent right back at me, you know, oh, well, there, yeah, where there's boy. a will. <laughs> but yeah, that'll hit you in the face like a crappy mock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but the same thing happens, man. Uh, I mean, uh, when you're out in the woods, I've heard people say it only takes one, man, one bull, one moment, one opportunity, one arrow. That's all it True. takes. And I mean, like I said, that time me and Chad went out there, it was the last, it was, man, it was almost over. That hunt was almost over. We're going out. And we said, we're going to give it one last chance and go out there. And that morning that was supposed to be out of there by a morning hunt and probably be out by 10, we both killed two elk within, I don't know, a hundred yards of each other. Yeah. And that ended yeah. being a, a pack out of eight miles of meat and uh, um, back and forth to get it all out there, the two elk, with no packs on our shoulders. And uh, we we look like, uh, you know, the movie Carrie after all the blood falls on it. <laughs> yeah, mean, look like Dadgum Chainsaw oh, Massacre. We And we ended up with a... With a uh, thunderstorm on us the same time i mean it was it was interesting it was it was memorable man but you know you know it only (laughs) takes that one you know or or your mantra might be today is the day or you might be telling yourself when you're out in the woods this right here is what i live for you know uh any mantras for you guys to help you out there yeah yeah you just take a look at what we went through this year up on the up on the mountain all the all the dadgum uh, horrible things that went on, Joe. Right. And then how success, but we never let it get us down. You know, it's just our camp. Our camp has that mindset. You know, we just, we're not going to take a defeat. You know, it's just not. Um, it, even my bull that I killed, we were three seconds from turning and going back over that hill, right? right. Going back over that mountain. I mean, seriously, we yeah, called absolutely. it. We yep. had called it, and I absolutely felt like this was the right thing for us to be doing. And I happened to see that bull walking a quarter mile, and I said, Joe, I'm telling you, that bull's coming. I hear you. You know, and Joe's like, well, 
hang on a minute. And he heard him. And when Joe finally heard him, he was like, okay, everybody get back in position and let's see if we can finish the deal because we've done been up that mountain three or four times. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it is rough going up there, right? Yeah. So, uh, and then look, you know, the boys back the boys back at camp, bless their heart, they'd have two days of no sleep and packing elk out. And then we get back to camp and, Oh, uh, by the way, guys, uh, give or kill the bull. <laughs> we got to go get him out. <laughs> you know, all those guys could have packed it up and said, oh, man, no, I'm, I'm wore out. Because they were. They were wore slapped out. Yeah. You know, right. and people just don't understand. I mean, you had Manano falling asleep on a pile of rocks next to my <laughs> well, bull, well, we were... <laughs> waking up, shouting out orders and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I mean, we, it was truly a hunt of coping with really tough situations sure and we made it look extremely easy yeah. and uh it, it wasn't but it's well, because I, I we have mentors and, and coaches like you to help us move forward and have that pma that positive mental attitude to not take no for an answer keep moving keep pressing well, I, and i don't know if you remember the moment but there was a moment when uh chav had his body had um, had an attack and he broke out in like hives all over his body and he was having trouble breathing and he just, uh, he was laboring, man, at, at that point. And we, we decided, you and I, we were going to head down the mountain, take him to the emergency room. And no there was what. like a, there was like a darkness that, that came over the camp because the guys were so worried about Chav. And, yeah. and they were like, man, well, I don't even feel like hunting. I don't even feel like going out there, you know, when Chav's like this. And Chad was the first one to go over them and say, look, y'all, hey, yeah. uh, we're going to take care of this, and it's next man up. I mean, we yeah. have a team mentality, and when one person goes down, everybody else steps up. So mm -hmm. uh, incredible message. And they had the time of their life while we were gone and had some great experiences, man, some they encounters did. and opportunities. So, uh, but that, but Just that's can't that. give up, guys. No, Don't give man. up. Keep pushing forward. Believe that there's another way, and, and use your use your uh, use the resources that you have to try and find a different way. It's not going to be all easy and everything. I mean, golly, just getting to camp this year was a, a fiasco. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, it was it was crazy. You know, but we didn't stop. I didn't turn the bug. You know, turn the buggy around, go home. You know, I mean, I could have done that, but I'm I wasn't gonna. You know. It's just not how I'm built, you know. Yeah. Uh, my wife will tell you, I'm very, very stubborn, right? And uh, maybe, you know, and there's a cost to being right. Uh, sure. It, it, there's a cost <laughs> to being right. But at the end of the day, I know how much this means to me year in and year out. I know how much it means to our boys, too, yeah. and and the guys in camp and to you and Chav. And I'm not letting nobody down. You know, yeah. I have that – I don't know whether it's because we played sports, Joe, or we. It has a lot to do with it, man. It has because a, it, you don't want to let anybody down. No, it, I mean it's a it's a team mentality, but it's also yeah. if you were fortunate enough to have that coach, if you were fortunate enough to have those mentors, if you're fortunate enough to have that grandpa or that uncle, um, those yeah. guys, and or if you're fortunate 
and I'm going to say to a, to have that strong mom, man, I know yeah. a lot of guys Gosh. didn't even have a dad that had incredible mothers that, that would not let them give up on themselves, man, played double right. roles. And, and, and those are some incredible women out there that do that. And, you know, uh, my hat's off to those, but I, I think you're right, Gilbert. I think it's because of those experiences, you know, Chav there was raised in a family of how many, Bo? Ten. Ten, right? Ten yeah. And and he's like low man on the totem pole. I mean, it was uh you got work, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. You know, I was the seventh seventh in line. But yeah, our my parents did a a great job. You know, they taught us uh how to never give up and uh you know work work to get you know work work to get to where you want to be and you got to work through it. And of course there's going to be, you know, moments where things don't go your way, but you know, I believe there's a reason for everything. Uh, and I know that I'm going to persevere and I pick that up from my parents, you know? Absolutely. Uh, and, and going back just a little bit, uh, we we're talking about uh, our camp. I mean, everything that could possibly have happened, happened yeah. last year. It I mean, was, it was Murphy's crazy. Camp. Yeah. But that's what makes the Elk Bros, uh, you know, our Elk Bros, uh, so special. Is it's one, uh, one for all and all for one. Mm -hmm. You know, an animal goes down, everybody contributes. You know, they they stop their hunt for a moment or two and and uh, get everything done, and then we continue with the hunt. And there were times last year, I know, uh, you know, some, you know, I couldn't help as much as I would have liked to, but I know some of the guys were dragging because. I mean, the animals are going down one. Two. <laughs> it was a good problem to have, right? We had, yeah, it, we had it dialed in on closing the deal. It was yeah, just like, getting to the closing. It was getting yeah. rough. And like, like Gilbert is saying, you know, that one hill, we, we got up on that so many times. And we're talking about, uh, you know, volcanic rock, uh, uneven footing, uh, steep, a steep climb up, a harder run going down, you know. So it was a great team effort and, and, you know, absolutely. To the, and, and yeah. I think, I think that attitude and stuff flows through and, and I tell you, attitude tends itself to another thing and that's confidence. I think they kind of go hand in hand. And, and one thing I want to tell y'all is confidence. You know, we talk, we tell people to have confidence in themselves, but I, you got to understand that, a lot of times confidence is fed by how others perceive us and mm -hmm. confidence a lot of times is results driven. So what, what I'm going to tell you is that you can have confidence in yourself by working on getting positive results in areas that combine to make you a stronger person, a better father, a better employee, a better hunter. In other words, Guys, if you work on developing your pride factor in certain things that you do, um, that when other people around you, they're going to respect that and, and actually want to be like that. When you work on doing that, people give you that respect. They give you that air of confidence in you, which helps you have that confidence in yourself. That's that's the tough thing a lot of times by like when we talk about people um, the difference between practicing shooting and practicing calling, because a lot of times that shooting, you definitely know when you're close to that bullseye. But when you're practicing your calling, unless somebody gives you that back or unless you've seen that animal come in, it's hard for you to develop that. Like I hear 
my bros around me always talking about how I call. Well, I don't see it the same way they do. I mean, I always just communicate with animals, but their pride in how I call makes me have even more confidence in the things that I'm doing out there, believe it or not. And I've been doing this for years. So uh, it, it's it's working to do something that other people see. For example, you know, uh, you take the guys in our camp. Everybody has a role. And yeah, you know, Manano, Manano might not be the um, uh, the epitome of an elk hunter yet. I mean, the guy is a hunter. Let me tell you, he, he still struggles with the differences between like a whitetail type hunt and, and an elk hunt, and, but he's closing in on that real quick. But he's let an me, athlete, dude. Oh my God. But that, that guy, let me tank. tell you what, you get an animal down, that boy is a wow. mule, man. I mean, he really he, is. Dude. He's going to, and I mean, at camp, animal. Yeah, I'll tell you, I've been very selective about guys that are in our camp and who I invite back. And um, Manano, Luis have had a constant invitation to come back because the first time I saw those boys, man, they were some of the hardest workers. I don't care if they didn't understand what needed to be done. They were going to jump in and make it happen. I mean, the first time that they pulled out them pig knives of theirs to help me cut up my elk, I was like, oh, my God, man. It's like freaking machetes came out, you know. And <laughs> and they made a little bit of a mess, but it wasn't for the lack of effort, right? right. So And they got better as they went. So you, you find those roles like, man, can them fellas cook, man? Can they – can they, if you need anything in camp, it's going to happen. If you need positive thoughts, uh, these guys are just so positively oriented, you know, um, uh, they're, they're, they sleep hard, <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, they're just incredible. So they're, they're going to be phenomenal elk hunters. I, I just see that. Oh so, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So physical, physical, and they work extremely hard. They're positive. They'll do anything you ask them to do. Absolutely, you know? man. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. And you know, I'll harken back to this year again, you know, our brother, Brendan, he had a little rough time and there was a time when I guarantee you, he was ready to pack it in and be done, you know, right. Right. And our boys would not let that happen. We're right. like, look, man, you know, we're not going to let you throw the towel in. You're going to get back on the horse and we'll get the bus, the wheels yep. back on the bus and we're going to get back at it. You know, yeah. you can Absolutely. put all that stinking thinking out, man, you're, you're a good hunter. You're a good shot with your bow. Things happen. We got to move. These are all building blocks to you to be successful. Uh, oh, way, mm -hmm. man. And and I'll tell you this. When you start getting respect and other people's confidence in you in a particular area, it becomes contagious. And in that, uh, you, your other areas kind of get better as long as you keep working on you know uh let people know you as a problem solver you know uh, they might yeah you might come across a uh, something but do you see it as an obstacle or an opportunity and people gravitate to that man when you're a problem solver or, or uh, even if you're not the problem solver, are you always ready to help everybody out are you the first yeah. one up man in the morning or are you the first one with the hand up when something has to be done when people see that and i don't again i don't care if this is your relationship i don't care if it's your employment i don't care if it's out elk hunting when people see that man that's the kind of people they want around them those people are always ready those people you know that they can say Hey, man, I'm telling you what, doggone Luis is going to go the extra mile, right? And, you know, dependable. Let me tell you about dependable, man. 
uh, I've got two fellows that I'm talking with right now that are two of the most dependable people in my life. You know, I can depend on them for, uh, anything man if if i put it out there um workers hard workers man i tell you what they invented the the word work so can i deal with that is that who i want with me in an elk camp am i worried whether or not they can call that great well shoot man i can handle that right now but i know they're going to get there because they are going to work at it man they're going to become uh they're going to take up that weak link because if i'm able to do it they're going to be there and i tell you let me tell you the thing that i love the most and who i surround my people uh who i surround myself with and that is people that are passionate that are passionate about what they do they're passionate about who they're around they're passionate about their family about their work their family about their you know, passionate about their kids, their God, whatever it is, man, they're passionate about it. And, you know, y'all, you do not have to be the best elk hunter in the woods uh, to go out there and kill an elk. But if you are passionate about it and you love being out there, you are going to find a way. So, uh, confidence comes from that. It, it comes from other people recognizing you for that. And, and you feel when somebody tells you, God dang, you're the most passionate person I've ever met. Your chest swells a little bit, man. And what's happening is you're filling up with confidence. And then you take that to the next area and to the next thing. It becomes contagious. And then that confidence, it works on your attitude. And your attitude gets better. And when your attitude gets better, that mental endurance gets stronger. And, and I'm showing you a stepping stone right here from one thing to the other, right? And, and I'll tell you what the basis of all of this is. And I'm going to give you the secret. I'm going to give you the magic wand. Because every year, man, my kids used to line up in front of me and Chab out there. And they knew they were going to, hey, man, we'd come out. We just signed up for Cimarron Track. We're going to be a state champion. And I told them, all right, y'all, man, here you are. You're in Cimarron Track. The first thing I want to tell you, there is no magic wand. It's all about hard work. And the basis to everything, your confidence, your attitude, and your mental endurance has to do with your work ethic. And, you know, I don't know if you know how to set a goal, but if you're not goal-oriented in your life, then a person without a goal is a person lost. And I'm not telling you to say, well, next year I'm going to be the president of the company. That might be an ultimate goal, or next year, you know, I'm going to kill an elk, right? Uh, that might be an ultimate goal for you to see your success. But what you have to do is understand how to achieve that goal, how to set those smaller goals that are going to get you in the right direction. Set a goal. And without that goal, with, with that goal, you got to have a plan. That's Otherwise, exactly you right. got to wish. There you right? are. Mm-hmm. So you set your goal and then you got to make a plan. Those right. are the two major things that we find to be successful in business and in our personal lives. Right. Yep. You're going to set a goal. You better have a plan. Otherwise, we got a big bunch of wishes, and uh, those will those will fade. I promise you. You know, when people talk about, um, you know, they say, "Well, Joe, you say you say you have to um, fill your tag to feel that you've been successful on your hunt." That's how I face it. But understand, there are a lot of successes on a hunt oh, because yeah. 
that's my ultimate goal, but I have a lot of other goals along the way that I'm going to meet. And a lot of them have to do with my, our memories, our relationships, uh, the things, the encounters I want to do, the things I want to see, the way I want to do it. So I have a lot of goals out there that are going to help me towards my ultimate goal. And, and I'll tell you what, y'all, if you will work in your work ethic at doing the things others won't, you know, paying attention to those details and doing the things that other guys just want to not work so hard on, I'm telling you, that's that's the secret. So that magic wand, they ain't one. It's all about work. You work your butt off, and you work your butt off to be a problem solver. You work your butt off to be dependable, to be a hard worker. And then people notice, for you, notice you for that, and it builds your confidence, which becomes contagious. And then that confidence be, really jacks your attitude up to be positive. And it really, that that attitude of yours goes towards your mental strength that you can overcome anything. Because I tell you what, here's what I want you to feel, is any time that you put that bow in your hands and you start walking out of camp, that you on that day can kill an elk and believe it. Absolutely. So that's... Yep. That's our message for today. You guys have uh, anything else on that? Uh, no, How about I you, think, Chev? No, I think you hit the, the nail on the head. You know, uh, you gain confidence by making those small goals, achieving those small goals, and then going forward with uh, a bigger goal until you reach your ultimate goal. It's all about uh, grinding it out. You know, just keep working. Yeah, everything's a grind. Yeah, everything's right. a grind. Everything's a yeah, grind. Everything's a grind. <laughs> yeah, everything's a grind, and and it's okay. You know, uh, you just you put the work in every day, and uh, you set some goals, make a plan, and uh, you know we're going to have some pitfalls along the way, some some holes we got to dodge, some obstacles we have to overcome. But I mean, those are what makes you stronger. You know, I I reference a few times to the movie. Uh, a league of their own, you know, it's the hard that makes it good. Right. It makes Absolutely. It great, you know, it's the, the suck, hard man, that, the suck. <laughs> yeah. Embrace the suck. You know, embrace I, I the tell suck. my girls, I, t- I tell my girl, it's the hard that makes it great. Yes. You know, we're, we're, we're in a huge quandary right now on recruiting, you know, and these kids are all getting nervous about it. man, are we going to get to play? Or are we not? How am I going to get recruited? You know, there's a lot. I, I'm like, listen, I promise you, Y'all put in the work so much this past year. Y'all have so much more opportunity because you did. If you right. wouldn't have put in the work, you would be so far behind. And there are lots of kids that come to our program that are far behind because they didn't put the – they just didn't understand how to make a plan. Their goal's the same, but they didn't know how to make a plan, you know. So we put that plan together for them, and, and you know – they put in the hard work because it is a grind. That summer of nine to ten straight weeks on the ball field at a yeah. hundred plus degrees. I mean, it's it's hard, but it's the hard that makes it great. Now the ones that are in college playing college ball and having having a ball. I mean, they're they're thankful that they embrace that grind. Yep, and 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 y'all, that's exactly why we refer to you as our grinders. You're the ones out yeah. there. You do it in your life every day. All we're doing with this exercise, though, of investing in yourself is telling you to put more focus into what you're actually doing, to understand and see that because it becomes a mental exercise. It becomes something that prepares you for when things go bad because you have prepared yourself for that. All right, guys. 
Let's have some fun here. It is 2016, September, and uh, we had a hunt. We had an elk bros hunt in 2016. The first time I got a chance to, uh, on that hunt, it was the first time I uh, I met uh, Luis Gonzalez, and uh, and we had Tucker. Steve now, Tucker, the big, bad Canadian. Absolutely, <laughs> man. They came into camp, and what a hunt. I mean, this, I have hunted a lot of years y'all and this is probably i saw these guys that had never really experienced an elk hunt in september at the beginning of september that got to see more bulls man i'm like holy toledo i want to wrap these guys and put them on a chain on my around my neck man because they're like a lucky rabbit's foot oh man. my <laughs> gosh so 2016 uh these guys are coming in and and I meet you guys on an actual paved road. You, 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 it was a paved <laughs> I road. I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start going in, and you introduced me to Tucker, and you introduced me to Luis, and they don't know me from uh, anybody, man, right? And uh, man on the moon. And when I go out there, uh, they're in the vehicles, and I think you guys are, are driving a vehicle in, and – Luis is driving a vehicle in. That's right. right. Me and Tucker are in a vehicle. Yeah. Luis in a vehicle. And I look at Luis's vehicle, and it's a two-wheel drive forerunner with with. Uh, yeah, Montero, like uh, a running yeah. boards on the side. Yeah, with running boards on the bottom, about eight <clears throat> inches of clearance. And I was yeah. like, "But um, you might want to leave that here, park it here, and 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 come in with." with me or with the guys and stuff like oh no oh no man it's going to be great it's it's fine man i'll get in there and and guys we had to go seven miles to get in seven miles and it took us four hours to go seven miles <laughs> Some of the roughest country I've ever drove my truck through. I, mean, I still got battle scars on my vehicle from it. From that, man. <laughs> I mean, and it was a wet year. It was muddy. Um, we were mm. going through river crossings. Uh, we got. We had some times we we got stuck, and uh, we. And I mean, there was a two wheel drive, pull a four wheel drive out <laughs> to only get the two wheel drive stuck and have the four wheel drive have to pull it out. Oh, it was right. hilarious because here we're giving Luis a hard time bringing that vehicle in, huh, Gilbert? Man, you were just yeah. giving him all kinds of grief, man, about that. And next thing you know, you're stuck and he's backing up his two wheel drive to pull you out. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck high center on in a big F 250 Super Duty and uh, I, I'm high centered. I can, there's nothing I can do about it. All I need is a little nudge and I can get out of there, you know? So he, he thought he gave me so much grief and then he didn't make it six feet and he's up to the running boards and that thing. He's so I got to pull him out backwards, you know? So well, yeah, those, it was, it was those running boards, time. um, definitely got it. modified on that. Hunt. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And look, the, the way out, our way out was horrible too. It was pouring down rain on us. I slipped, got off in a bar ditch and got on a pine tree. And like I said, I got some, I got some battle scars on the old silver bullet Oh, uh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it was, it was something else. So it was an adventure. And, and that's when I knew, uh, and, and we've said this in the past, the first time I realized that 
I really, really liked Luis Gonzalez because I'm leaving you guys in. I'm on a four-wheeler. I've had to put rain gear on. It started raining on us at one point. And, uh, yeah. and, and I think we're about two hours in, and we've only gone three and a half miles. And, and I'm going, I, man, I bet these guys behind me are pissed, going, where in the heck are we going? What are we doing? And, and I stopped to check and go back, and Luis gets out of his vehicle, and he comes over to me, and I'm like, oh, here it goes, man. He's coming over at me. Oh, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> He's coming all animated at me. He goes, Joe, Joe, man, if I don't kill an elk, if I don't see an elk, this has already been the greatest adventure of my life. And I was like, and I was like, oh man, bro. I was like, if you're enjoying this, you're yeah. gonna have a heck of a good time, man. Yeah. So I, I I knew right away that uh, we were gonna be like peas and carrots, man. So it was uh, <laughs> exquisite. Steve Tucker to this day can't <laughs> rave enough. You know, right. he uh, can't rave enough about that trip. How many big bulls y'all saw? Uh, you know, all the opportunities that were had. Uh, it was, it was an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable hunt for sure. I mean, right up and we didn't get into camp that night, that early morning till like midnight, one o'clock. And I, you know, Luis is like, man, you're going to get up hunting more. I said, hell no. I said, <laughs> I, you know, my big ass has got to, you know, acclimate. Uh, I know my deal. I, I done been doing this a few years. I know what it takes. I'm not, not all caught up in hype. Uh, I'm going to get me some sleep and get acclimated here, get my camp set up, this, that, and the other. But look, man, that could just tell you how much passion that those Venezuelan boys have. That oh, cat was up at 3.30 in the morning with Joe, and they went and they went hunting. I don't think Steve went either, did he? I think uh, it was just you and Luis. I don't, not was that first you morning. You and Luis yeah. and Chad? Yeah. No, just, just Luis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Luis went. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, what, you know, I sit back and watch, man, and, and Luis had me like friggin' rolling because I, you know, if he does not work in the oil field, this dude could work at Cabela's just doing setups in their camping area, man, because this guy, I mean, y'all, let me tell you what this guy's like. He practiced, he bought all of this camping gear, solar lights and his his blow up mattress and his little chair and his little rack and has all of this, his little heater. And I mean, has all of this stuff and he actually sets it up at home. Two or three times, Joe. Two or three times. So <laughs> he, Before he goes to elk camp. So he knows exactly where everything's going to be when he sets it up, man. And how dimensions and all, he's got it all wrote down <laughs> on his phone right here. How many feet he needs to, you know, he's bringing him a tape measure, I guarantee you, when he sets camp up. So we have we have Luis on one side, the ultimate guy that preps beforehand. And then on the other and side, Tucker. we have Steve Tucker, who blows up a queen-size mattress that's, like, too big for his tent. <laughs> get and, it in the tent. And he's trying to shove this thing in the front of his tent, man. I, I was rolling, man. I'm sitting over there watching this guy, and, I mean, it's like, you know – is he an engineer too? 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. A really good one. Hey, so when he gets it all blown up, it won't go in the front door, and he's all freaked out. So he lifts the air out, and he puts it inside the tent, and I'm I'm serious, I'm not lying. He blows it up in the tent, and it just fills the whole tent up with this mattress. There's no other place to put anything but on that mattress. But that's after a half hour trying to force that sucker yeah, through the front door. heck man. yeah, man. Heck yeah. Absolutely. So kidding I, about all You that. know, I, I tell you, I knew we were going to have fun right away and uh, mm-hmm. and so we we commenced to having a hunt and and this is one of those and i want you guys to get some lessons out of this and not just hear about our, our goofiness because man we had a lot of it and we had a great time with it but you know um down lower in the lower country was a designated campsite with all kinds of hunters and stuff camping in it we were in an upper uh, campsite and most of the people that were going to hunt were in UTVs and would come driving by our camp heading for another 30 minutes to 45 minutes so it was about an hour hour and a half ride for them to get up into the high country to to those areas where everybody pictures where the elk should be mm-hmm. and everybody's coming up like freaking NASCAR I mean and we're we're putting down the hill to where they just came from, from their camp. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we, we commenced to go hunting in an area that um, wasn't a whole lot too far from that. And everybody had passed by this area. And this is one of the things that, that, that I try to tell people is that, you know, a lot of times we pass by elk to go find elk. And we think because the country looks a certain way that doesn't look like all the pictures and all the videos that there's no elk in it. And so we had our game plan up. We had our morning game plan in on on this one morning. And we go in and and it's me, Tucker, and and Luis. And uh, we're working through ugly country. It's thick. My favorite country to hunt in because... when elk hear you moving through and you're being noisy, they just think you're another elk. So we're doing just that. I'm going through and I'm sounding like uh, either uh, uh, some some bulls, some some young immature bulls, just bull mewing, or some cows that are along there, and just making just like yeah, 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 just like that as I'm working through, and and I tell the guys, look, I'm focusing forward. I want you to look off to the sides because these guys are going to come in silently. This is the early part of the season. This is like September 4th, and they're going to come in from the side and sneak in on us, right? Well, the other part of the plan was that Gilbert and Chav were going to go up and come across from a different direction towards the same area, right? Yeah, we're going to yeah. go over the top. Y'all were coming from the bottom. We were going to be around the top side. Absolutely. But probably what three miles from each other at the at the beginning at the apex of it you know we're probably three miles from one another right probably about three miles maybe Mm -hmm. two and a half and right and and the country gets shorter when you start cutting through it so uh we're going through and here's what happens is that as we're going sure enough a bull sneaks in and i can hear him and this bull sneaks in down to our right side below us and and it's still not quite the light that we want. It's just about there. And so we hit the ground. Everybody puts an arrow on. And that bull is standing there. 
and he just, uh, you know, we're just just waiting. As we're waiting, that bull's there, and he's there, and it's getting more light and more light, and he starts to walk off. Well, when he walks off, I tell the other guys, man, because we're just focused on this bull. I'm like, man, he just walked off. We're just going to move down a little bit, and we're going to try to get back on him. Well, by that time, we had us some uh, – we were good. We had our, our shooting light that morning. And I take one step. And when I do, I hear, <clears throat> it had been focused to my right. And to our left behind us, another bull comes walking in on us while we're trying to communicate with that other bull walking off. Just walks right in on Is not 10 yards away from me. And as soon as that bull turns and he starts to go off well i've got a bunch of scrub oak at my back the other guys have no shot and as soon as i see that they don't have a shot and he's going off the first thing i do is right off that bull stops at 14 yards i'm at full draw and i mean i'm telling you all of this happened so doggone quick luis gonzalez just his jaw dropped (laughs) it was like i don't believe what that bull walked after i hit him actually he runs about 10 yards after that, I cow call and scream a bugle, and that bull falls over, heels up, right? So I've got this bull down, but because I'm doing this talking and I do this screaming to this bull and I'm throwing out the cow calls, now all of a sudden there's some bulls answering to us, man. They, they done lit up because they can smell the elk in the area, and they can hear this commotion going on between the cows and, and this bull that's screaming when I scream to try to stop them. So... We start to work towards this elk that is screaming. And behind him, another one lights up. Because as soon as bulls hear multiple bulls screaming, that signifies to everybody out there that there's a hot cow. And next The party thing we, going on, boys. Oh, man. Next thing we know, things start coming to life, right? Well, unbeknownst to us, and we're gonna, I'm going to hand this off here in a second, um, Gilbert and Chad were slowly working to our direction. And I believe they're hearing the commotion going on, right? Yeah, we're hearing them bulls. Yeah, and know? so and we we went a long way without hearing anything. You right. know, Chab and I were, were working, and, and we actually had a bull early on come into us, but left silent. You know, so we just kept easing through the area. You know, and not making a whole lot of sound. I'd cow call every now and then, and uh, and Chab was, you know, he, he we had the wind. Chad would hear some bulls off in the distance and we just kept kind of moving in that direction. And it kind of was like that, that herd was coming this way. We were coming that way. Right. Before you know it, we are in the apex of a herd of elk. And what's happening is, is you guys are actually without knowing it, almost paralleling us. And, and so both of us have the wind and these elk are now starting to light up and I've got both bulls going crazy out in front of me. So I get set up and, and I put the guys in the flying V out in front of me. So what I mean by the flying V y'all is I'm pointing just like I take my hands and, and instead of pointing straight forward, I just do a V just like this out in front of me. And I have one hunter go that way, one go the other way. And, uh, so I get them out, they get set up and, and it's so cool when you're in the thick stuff, cause your shooting lanes are only like 15 to 30 yards, man. I mean, uh, 
if if elk comes through, it's going to be tight and it's going to be close, just like that one that I shot. So I had marked mine and I had marked it on the GPS. I put my streamer on and I went, took Luis and Tucker and we were going to go after those other bulls. So, uh, man, this is all just first thing in the morning. So we <laughs> go up and I get Tucker and Luis set up and I start calling and this bull comes right across in front of Tucker at 30 yards. And Tucker aims at that spot that I tell a lot of people not to aim at, pulls just a little bit off and smacks that bull at 30 yards right in the shoulder bone. And I mean, that arrow, I mean, you could hear it like, lack like that and immediately started hanging. The arrow did, you know, and that bull goes running off. I scream a bugle, and I go over there, and we find his arrow, and his arrow has a little bit of blood. And, and I told Tucker, I was like, man, I'm telling you, that animal uh, ain't hit. <laughs> that animal ain't hurt a bit. That animal just laughed at you, Tucker. Like a flea bidding. <laughs> yeah. And, and I told him, I said, but that animal's bleeding. That's our animal. We're going to track it, and we're going to try to get another shot at that bull, right? So yeah. – what we have done is we've kind of let things settle down and I'm screaming and I'm cow calling, trying to keep that bull in the area. And because I'm doing the screaming and the double bugling, and then we start to track as I'm calling, man, the place is lit up, man. I mean, it's going berserk. These bulls like a herd's going with us. And so I'm going to stop where I'm at because we're at the point where we are trying to track the blood of this bull that Tucker's hit so we can get back on it. And meanwhile, back at the ranch. (laughs) (laughs) Back on the other side of the mountain. (laughs) Back around to the other side of the canyon. Yeah, Chav and I had an unbelievable morning with several encounters of calling bulls close to us but yet not being able to seal the deal. And they had cows with them, and that was what the deal was. The cows kept moving forward, so we just kind of had to keep chasing them down. But, Chav, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember or not, but there's several times that, you know, we were off the side of a logging road, and how many vehicles went by us when we're <laughs> yeah. in the brush <laughs> with the elk and the vehicles are driving by us, right? Right. And they, ain't got, they don't care one bit about those vehicles, those elk didn't. You know, so Chav and I make a plan that we're just going to sneak in. We got the wind. We're going to sneak in there, move slow. Uh, we, we set our plan. We, our goal is to kill an elk. And for me, it was any legal elk. I didn't care if it was a bull or not. Uh, and, and, you know, Chav, I'm sure he didn't care either. Cow, bull, whatever got in front of us, it was getting stuck, you know. So we're just easing up, you know, easing along, easing along. You can hear these bulls down to our south southeast that are just blowing up and they're getting closer and getting closer and uh we end up seeing some cows in front of us and uh chav says well look i can't shoot that far he said so i'm gonna position myself back here with the hoochie mama and hooch on it a little bit you just keep easing forward you know and see what happens and he said uh you know if you get a bull come in knock him down and i'm like yeah, man, it sounds good. You know, these bulls were going ballistic. I'm talking about screaming <laughs> like crazy. We still can't see them yet, but we're starting to see a few cows. It's thick, by. though. It's thick, right? Super yeah, thick, it's real right? thick. 
Yep. We're on. We're in a little opening though, where I can see about seventy yards. Okay, mm-hmm. and I, I'm downhill, and I'm I'm looking up on the side of this ridge with a lot of volcanic rock and a lot of oak brush down there in front of us. A few little oak scattered oak trees on the right hand side of us, and some of that um, I call it yopon, but it's just jack pines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. <clears throat> and I get on my knees in this one little area, and I can hear them cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were really vocal. And I'm telling you, Joe, I, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I look up and right in front of me is a cow that's walking with her head turned to the right. Ain't got a clue in the world that I'm there and I'm on my knees. So I draw my boat. I draw my boat. She is at 11 yards when she walks out. In front of me. And I'm like, this is a done deal. Well, man, these bulls are getting closer and closer. I happen to hear a bull go, and I turned my face just a little bit to look, and I could see the tips of the antlers up on the hill coming out. So I'm like, man, do I kill this cow or do I dare wait on trying to shoot this bull, you know? So I let down. Well, Chad might have thought I'd shot, but I let down, right? So I let down, and I look, and this bull walks out, brother, and he is a giant, man. And uh, he's he's kind of quartering to me in about probably 78 80 yards and he's standing there bugling and we got a whole bunch of cows now coming in through us. Right. I mean, they're just single file walking in front of me at any second. This thing could just blow up because they're so close. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. He's, he's at about 77, 78 yards up on the top of this Ridge. And I'm like, man, if he gets to the left side of that Ridge and it keeps walking that way, I'm going to get a shot at him and I'm using my range finder and I got him at 71 yards, you know, and, and look, I'm not telling everybody it's a long shot, bro. It is. It, it is a long shot, and and I'm not telling everybody that that's a that's a good shot. Uh, I actually made a 69 yard shot to sh- to kill that bull. Uh, it wasn't 70, but the depth of that that brush was 71. Right. Right. So I knew he was real tight to 70 yards as he's easing up through there. Well, you know, Chav's behind me. He hadn't made a move. He's watching all this in front of me. The problem is that brush on my right, shading his view, he can't see the bull up top. Mm -hmm. He just sees this little raghorn come walk out in front of me. And it was a real nice bull, nothing wrong with him. Walks right out in front of me, and I ain't drawn. I hadn't done anything. He's going, (laughs) what in the world is he waiting on? Well, this bull comes, walks up, and bugles, a huge bugle. And then he stumbles like somebody knocked his legs out from under him. You know, he stumbles and that kind of stopped him. And he got to the top of that hill and he was trying to right himself. And I, I cow called and he turned perfectly broadside. I had to shoot over a limb and under another one to thread it through there. I set my 60 yard pen right on the top of his back, looked where my 50 yard pen was. And I saw that it was right there in the kill zone. I moved my 60-yard pin up to where that 50-yard pin was, and I let it go. And when I cut it loose, man, the mystical flight of that arrow is still with me today. <laughs> I mean, I watched that arrow go over the limb, under the limb, and it hit him, I mean, right where you want to hit an elk, right? Right. And uh, he kind of lunged forward and everything, and I threw my hands up in the air because I seen it where it was sticking, you know, where it went through him, blood coming out. And I saw him walk off just a little ways, and I seen his rack 
do wavering, you know, back and forth. And then I hear this crash and, and Chav's coming. This Now he's coming, right? Because I'm motioning, come on, come on, come on. Chav gets right up there in my hip pocket and he goes, what's up? I said, I just killed, I just shot the biggest elk of my life. He goes, that raghorn that walked out? I said, no, man, you didn't see that giant that was over? He goes, I didn't see that bull. Well, listen, that ain't even half of it, okay? <laughs> it went bonkers after I killed that bull. How many other bulls did we call in, Jeff? Oh, gosh. Right after you shot that, it, it, it seemed like you hadn't shot it, you know, because it was a pretty quiet release. Uh, but after you shot, bulls were still going off all over the place, and I heard one very close, and I could see some antlers. So I decided, well, I'm going to sneak up and see if I can get a shot. And uh, as I was walking towards the area, I see the antlers moving towards me. And I go, oh, shoot, here he comes. So I knocked an arrow, and he walked probably 15 paces from me or even closer. I drew back and and <laughs> released, and my arrow went. Who knows where it went? It made a weird sound, and, and the arrow just went, uh, you know, to this day, we never found it. But that elk just kind of. What happened? There and looked at me. What, what happened there? Well, the, well you know the, the little arrow slider. fell off the knock. Well, no, there's that slider thing was broken. Right. Uh, that you know the little plastic thing that slides on the oh, on oh, that on, bar that goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. On, on your yeah. yeah that was on, the second. That was the second one, Chad. The well, first the first one you had drawn and let it down, and when you'd let it down, the arrow slipped off the knock. So when yeah. you drew on that first bull, it it dry fired the bow and That's we didn't know that 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 white piece had come off right? right so the second bull we called in this is the second bull we called in he draws on him and that white piece has left the bow well we didn't know that you know we hadn't looked at it we just knew that he dry fired the bow and you know he had to get another shot and everything and that second shot he made we don't know where the arrow went but there was no <laughs> there was no slide no uh white yeah. deal on his arrow slide yeah so yeah, the arrow just went Purse! oh <laughs> and my the bull looked at us like man what in the world was that well that ain't <laughs> a, I mean, so that bull leaves we got two or three more bulls that come in his his bow is all wrecked uh you know and he's like well man look my bow's wrecked uh let's just sit here and enjoy the morning and I, i'm like He's like, did you see your bull go down? I said, man, I heard him gurgling over there. I said, but I can tell you this, we ain't going over there. I said, I don't heard horror stories about this getting these bulls up. I said, and and I know what kind of country you're in. You can't chase one down in this lava rock. I said, so at the end of the day, we're going to sit here and wait. We we waited for I don't know what an hour, hour and a half, Chad. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, at least. And yeah. and still, as we waited, the you could hear the bugles. And we also heard a four-wheeler go by, so, you yeah, know. we had a four-wheeler, like the third or fourth one that had come by. And it was crazy. So we end up going over there, and it was he was uh, 52 feet from where I shot him, or 62 feet from where I shot him, 22 yards, something like that. And, and, and he that was, was piled a, up. That was a 346 bull. 346. 346. He was – yeah. If he would have had, and he's a six by five, three forty six. Yeah. If he'd have had a six, man, he'd have been up there in the three fifty five, three sixty mark. I mean, yeah. uh, he was and, a freaking toad, and, and a so, thousand pounds if he was an ounce. I mean, he's a giant bull. 
Yeah, so, you couldn't get your arms around his neck. He was so big. Oh, he was huge. Yeah, he was just a beautiful old bull, man. And uh, th these guys start to go to work on this bull, which was interesting because now we come back to us and, and, and we're tracking, trying to find blood of this one bull and trying to locate him because all these bulls, there's so much activity going on. Oh my we God. figure maybe we can spot this bull if we just get in the middle and we can spot a bull with a trickle of blood on his shoulder. And so we kept mm -hmm. looking and looking and we're, we're kind of sneaking through and we, we up in front of us, we see some movement. And and when when we see the movie, we kind of go up there sneaking a little bit, and we look over, and it's Gilbert and Chav. <laughs> we cutting on this elk. <laughs> and, and I look over there, they look up at me, and they were like, "Oh my oh, god, man, are we glad to see you?" And, yeah, because we're a long way from the from the bike, dude. Oof. They were a long way from the bike, and I think you guys had a pocket knife because you had left yeah, had, had one have one Havlon. I didn't have my other knives with me. So I had one Havlon knife, right? Which, I mean, look, we were making, you know, uh, lemonade with lemons, no yeah. doubt, but it was going to be a heck of a long time. So when y'all showed up, it was like a gift from God. Showed oh, up, man. It was, it and was it was crazy. a big joyous occasion. We're hugging and crying and calling the wives and i mean you name it boy it was and a, and, it was I, and, and my bull wasn't down 300 yards away from y'all so uh exactly yeah it made for a fun morning we we had two bulls down that morning should have had three and uh yeah. and we were packing elk out it was an incredible incredible hunt and 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 i got news for you um it wasn't over yet we had so many cool encounters on that hunt 2016 was a year to remember it really was it, it really was and what i want to what i really want to say is again it's about mental fortitude tucker you know could have packed it in he he wounded a bull he, you know he was one he was the guy that went and got our transportation to haul the mule out and look yeah. that was no easy hike yeah. right that was no easy hike to go back two or three miles get our bike and he drove that bike straight to where we needed it to be yeah. you know within a few hundred yards of us being able to pack that yeah we were out. close to the road man i mean we're yeah, just right there real so, close to the road now you know? guys uh, let me make sure that i i quantify that though man or qualify it that um i i want you to remember how long it took us to drive in so these roads are not roads as you think about them yeah they're, they're man, more like like river wagon river. trails <laughs> yeah yeah river beds yeah it's like river beds out there so uh, it, it was a great morning, man. And guys, I hope you enjoyed our story from 2016. I hope you enjoyed uh, these series. And, and I, and I want to ask you, you know, uh, this week I had no questions to put on the show this week. And um, we had, um, we had three incredibly awesome reviews that came in on Apple podcasts, but nobody told us uh, their name and where they were from. And, and I tell you what, they were just awesome reviews. Can't appreciate the, the quality, nice things that you guys have been saying about the show. Um, but do us a favor, man. Uh, please guys, if you like what we're doing, go, go and uh, sub subscribe, rate and review us do that on apple podcasts you might have to go to itunes or apple Podcasts to be able to review us um we put some new stories out on our elk bros on elk hunting on elkbros.com check that out if you're not a member of our elk camp there um 
you need to do that because we send out letters of information. I put uh, connects you to stories, things that are going on. And for those of you guys that are on NRL camp, if you have not been getting a letter a week, you need to go check your spam because that's where they're at. Because I guarantee you every Monday or Tuesday, we send a letter out from Elk Bros for you guys to get some information on upcoming podcasts, some tips, tricks, um, have some of our gear on there and different things. So uh, just a reminder, you guys, if, if you if you like what we're doing, uh, we appreciate you to show some love and, and rate and review us and send in your questions, man. It's uh, I think we're only a few months away now, man. We're counting down. Right. See it, buddy. Yeah, yep. it's a countdown. Amaze, amaze when I start everything. I've been doing really good on my diet, my walks. Uh, I'm already 11 pounds down, so I'm going to be awesome, fit and ready to rock and roll when I get to elk camp. Yep. Be ready to call in some dragons, Joe. There we uh, go. I'm telling you, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, I, I'm praying that we get through this pandemic with nothing else that crops up, tries to shut us down. Uh, but at the end of the day, if it hair lips the governor, I'm going to be in New Mexico come September the 1st. So, yep. uh, I, you know, I might have to <clears throat> rent me a helicopter or something, fly it in there. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be there, you know. <laughs> uh, can't thank you and Chav enough for tonight. Oh, you tonight. bet, man. That was a blast. And, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic content. People, Thanks, Chav. It starts with your mental your mental stuff. Uh, you know, you guys are – listen to this podcast. If you want to get mentally strong, have some faith in something and, and then make a plan guys, make a plan to achieve your goals. And I think everything will turn out a whole lot better for you. And then surround yourselves with guys that got as much passion about what you're doing as, as you are. Right. Um, Thanks to all our listeners tonight, Joe, fantastic show. You guys know, I like to end with a shout out to our moms and dads, husbands, Elbow bump your wife. Well, wives, <laughs> fist bump your husbands. Hug, hug or maybe maybe fist bump your babies, but heck with it, man. This COVID thing's about the thing of the past. Hug your babies. Keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry. And we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Peace. Peace, peace, peace y'all.